you're what they call perfect beauty. You know, I, I just want to know, how did you maintain looking so beautiful for so many decades? What are you doing, Celeste? Because you are still drop-dead gorgeous. Seriously. Oh, you, you are, are some so young girls to shame. Seriously. I mean, I'm just looking so at your funny. pictures and, you know, no matter, you know, you, 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 you've overcame cancer. You, you overcame hair loss. I, I'm looking at the cutest bob that you have. You know, I, I was, you know, I'm looking at perfection here. So you've got to share with us, you know, we're, 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 we're the newcomers that want to be like you when we grow up. So what are you doing? Because you are, <laughs> you're, you're the same you're age great. as my daughter. <laughs> so yes, you know, um, one of the, one of the easiest things to find out what I'm doing without taking hours and hours of your precious airtime would be to go to, um, both of my WordPress blogs which you and I have spoken about. One is celestialmusingsblog.com, and the other is theartofwellnesscollection.com. I'm on the About section of both of those. I do talk about the things that um, I have incorporated into my life that really help. One of them is an amazing supplement from New Zealand, which is an organic um, marine lipid omega-3 and it has only three perfect ingredients in it. Green lip muscle is the active ingredient for the omega-3 anti-inflammatory, and it's organic. And it also has kiwi fruit seed oil and Sauvignon Blanc grape seed oil. So you can learn a little bit about that supplement, which I've been taking every day for like six, seven years. And the website for that is Mox art.com m-o-x-x-a-r-t.com and that's such a simple thing to reduce inflammation that we can do every day and um, some of the other technologies that I do some whole foods called Simply Young can be found at artofwellness.simplyyoung.com and I also use an amazing uh, medical device from Germany and that's called the Beamer, B-E-M-E-R. And my art, my um, website there is artofwellness.beamergroup.com. And all of those are listed in the About section. And um, those are kind of the typical things that I've done. But um, I've, I've done some advanced cancer treatments as well that um, all of these protocols got me ready to go for immunotherapy in Grand Cayman at a facility called Perseus PCI. And one of the big takeaway messages, I think, from our interview today is that uh, a solid tumor cancer can hit anybody, any age, any time. And what I want the takeaway message to be is that it is critically important for everyone to know that when they face a biopsy or surgery, and there is a suspicion that it is cancerous, you want to connect with an organization called StoreMyTumor.com. And by storing your tumor, what used to be considered biological waste is today and tomorrow's medicine. And that fortunately was done for me in my own ovarian peritoneal cancer in November of 2014, where I was sort of diagnosed out of the blue because the symptoms are so subtle. I had a bloated tummy and um, I went to my gynecologist and said, you know, what is this? I, you know, I, I shouldn't have this little belly right now. And she did ultrasound. And 
lo and behold, I had stage 3 ovarian peritoneal cancer. And what they did was they stored that tumor, and that tumor then, when the timing is right, goes down to Grand Cayman, and then I go right after it to Grand Cayman, and they draw my blood and use that tumor DNA tissue to make me my own personalized vaccine. And that's what immunotherapy and what Joe Biden is promoting, uh, which is called the, the moonshot. So that's something so important because, again, it can just hit you out of the blue. It doesn't matter what your DNA is or your family history. Um, if there's so much going on in our world today that is unnatural that we're subjected to. And so cancer can hit anyone, and you just might as well be prepared with this bit of knowledge because your doctors aren't going to – you're not going to be maybe as lucky as I was and have a doctor that knew about it and had already been sending patients for immunotherapy. Sadly, it's very expensive, but I qualified for an FDA clinical trial for women with either stage three or stage four ovarian cancer who were in remission to be part of an FDA clinical trial offshore, but sadly it was very expensive and I had to do a very serious GoFundMe and I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. to my friends who have chipped in to help me do this because hoping that my long-term prognosis because of it will be good, then the costs will come down. And I'm trying to bring a lot of attention to this, especially for women. So um, that link is, is on those websites as well. Wow, what an amazing story. Well, so how are you doing now? Has, have you noticed a change since that has happened, because people really need to hear this stuff, and they want to hear the, 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 you know, the success story and that there's hope. Well, the success story is really one day at a time. I am in remission. Cancer is a very nasty bedfellow, as you know, and one must never take for granted that amazing diagnosis of remission. But the, the, the thing with the immunotherapy is that it boosts your immune system because you see cancer hides from your immune system so all the foods and supplements and alternative therapies your immune system isn't able to target the cancer because cancer wears a mask and pretends to be us but what the Mm. immunotherapy does is it makes it takes the mask off of the cancer so that my immune system loaded with what are called dendritic cells from this autologous vaccine, when when and if, I like the word if better, if the cancer, that cancer that I had comes back, my immune system can target it like a bacteria. Now, sadly, cancer mutates, which would mean if it did mutate, then I would need a new sample and do this all over again but it sure beats the heck out of chemo. I did six rounds of chemo, but that device from Germany, um, I must say that just improves or enhances my blood flow to such a degree that um, I'm able to have an immune system that helps me to heal myself because that's really what it's all about. There, I don't think anyone will ever find a cure for anything. It's all about enhancing the immune system, our own blood flow, so that our bodies are prompted to heal ourselves. We have in each of us the most powerful medicine in the world, 
So what is so exciting about personalized medicine is it's about harnessing our own immunological factors to help us heal ourselves. And that's what I'm, I'm honored to be a part of. And um, I'm coming back. Um, I have a, I've experienced a lot of downtime, and I'm actually going to have a hip replacement in October because abdo- having two abdominal surgeries really makes it very hard to do any exercise. So it's so easy going through a journey like this to lose flexibility, to lose your fitness very, very quickly, and it's not easy to come back when um, you have different things to deal with. Like in my case, it's my hips. From My hips were always a little dicey from being a dancer for so many years but um, and high-impact aerobics. But uh, the device that I do, the supplements that I take, the um, whole foods from, the, from artofwellness.simplyyoung.com all help me so much to um, stay, in, <laughs> stay here on the planet. And, you know, I, I'm not so concerned about how I, how I look. I'm really concerned about being of value to others. Yeah. So maybe it's just my maybe it's just my heart that you see that I wear on my face. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I really care about helping other people. So I I think when you care about other people, that brings with it a beauty all its own that you know goes way beyond your bone structure or your complexion or your genetic makeup. It makes when you smile and you love and you want to be of value and you're a happy soul, to me that's beautiful. Wow, that's 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 wonderful. Now, you know, people hearing about your health issues and how you're, you know, amazingly bouncing back to recovery, you've worked with some amazing people in the industry going all the way back to the 60s. I have to ask you, and, and I'm sure the world wants to know, what was it like? working with Elvis Presley, talking to Elvis Presley, kissing Elvis Presley, being around that. We wouldn't hear it all. It's like a gossip session about Elvis Presley. Please share with us. Besides my husband, whose name is Nazim Artis, Elvis Presley is just one of the most precious people I have ever had the pleasure of meeting, working with, and being um, very close spiritually to. And um, my husband and I have just come back from appearing during Elvis Week in an event called Conversations on Elvis. And I was on stage with the incomparable Tom Brown from TCM, which is like my favorite channel on television. And um, I had a great conversation on, on Elvis. And, of course, it always comes up, what was it like to kiss Elvis? And um, Elvis, besides my husband, was an amazing kisser. And the name of the mm-hmm. film that I made was called Little, Little, Love a Little. And in this film, Elvis sings a little less conversation to me, which is such an amazing remix. It was the first Elvis remix from Little, Little, Love a Little that was ever recorded. But the original title of the movie, it came from a book. And the name on my script was actually, and actually still is because I still have the script, Kiss my firm but pliant lips. So um, it was. Elvis was precious, absolutely precious. And um, sadly, Martin Luther King had been assassinated during the filming of this little, little, love a little. And Elvis had asked me to join him in his uh, dressing room trailer because he wanted to watch the funeral with me. And 
he just sobbed in my arms. He was so broken up about us losing this precious man, this hero to both of us. And he wanted so badly to be at the funeral because it was in his hometown. Of course, it was in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And we were in California. And in his dressing room, he said, if I can't be there in person, I'm going to sing for Martin now. And he stood up and he sang for me. And the spiritual realm, realm, Amazing Grace. And it was, in my eyes, the most beautiful Elvis performance ever. And that was a cappella, without music, and just the most beautiful, clear tones. Elvis had an amazing range, like a two and a half octave range, if I'm not mistaken. And it was such a touching moment to share together. And he loved Martin Luther King. He loved um, the community that he grew up in. Um, he was very much for equal rights and um, just one of the I most... I he was precious. very religious. I heard he was very religious, too. Is that true? He was, he was raised a traditional Southern Baptist, but he was also very into spirituality. And um, we talked about a lot of more of, of spiritual books like Kilio Gibran's The Prophet, Siddhartha, um, books by very esoteric authors, Paramahansa Yogananda. So he was beyond religious. Um, religions, I think, tend to divide us up into little groups. I'm right and you're wrong. And Elvis was not like that at all. Elvis was very spiritual. He believed in love and goodness and kindness and helping people. And to me, that's, that's the strongest religion we have that brings us together and doesn't divide us. Mm-hmm. What do you think of all the conspiracy theories that are out there that he's alive, he didn't die, he went into witness protection to save his wife, you know, his ex-wife and his daughter, uh, the colonel, and, 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 you know, he faked his death and there was a wax music. What do you, what do you think about all those theories? Um, well, I was actually uh, hired to be in one of those movies, which is called a mockumentary by um, a filmmaker named Joel Gilbert who made a film or mockumentary called Elvis Found Alive. And I've, I've gotten sort of mixed reviews on whether I should have or should have not done that. But I think we have to remember that I am an actress, and when somebody yes. offers me a role that's interesting, that fee can pay a mortgage or two. So, you know, some of us cannot be quite as particular about what, uh, film roles we accept as the very big stars. And what I was told was that, you know, Celeste, what would you do if Elvis was found alive and you met this person? And I was filmed reacting to that what if. And this filmmaker, Joel Gilbert, does an amazing job of digging out bits and pieces to make a case for Elvis being alive. But I know, I know Elvis's nurse, I know Elvis's hairdresser, I know the people who saw him right before the casket was closed. So I know with all my heart that Elvis is no longer with us. But, um, you know, conspiracy theories are are interesting. Sometimes they're very valid and and sometimes they're not. And in this case, it is not valid at all because the integrity of the people who were with him at the end, those are the people that I trust. Wow. Wow. And, you know, for for a lot of people hearing that, it's almost like he died all over again when they hear that, no, he's actually gone. He left. He literally left 
the building and the planet. It's hard for a lot of people to hear that because they really want to hang on to the fact that maybe he's alive somewhere as an 81-year-old man somewhere around. But but you know what? He is so much more powerful where he is. When you have the pleasure of going to Graceland, everyone who works there will tell you of these amazing incidents where you just Please, can you share one? Can you share? Can you share um, one of them? Yes. One of the ones that I had heard secondhand, and that is that there were some folks who were invited to come and make a presentation to uh, be the designers of the original Elvis website. And these were the underdog people who came and made their presentation because they didn't have the experience that the others did have. And during the presentation, they were in Elvis's old office, um, not the one in the mansion, but the one in the annex. And during their presentation, a beautiful framed portrait of Elvis, for no apparent reason, popped off the wall and fell on the floor. And it was at that moment they called a halt to the um, interview and said, Elvis has spoken. That's it. You're the guy. And there are things that happen in that vein um, at Graceland to this very day. And people just, you know, when I went to the memorial again, I've been to it um, two previous times, the spirit of Elvis with his mother, with his father, that the spirit is so powerful that every time I stand there, I just start to sob. Mm. Because his, his that's how his, present they are. Yeah, I think I think Elvis is doing amazing work right where he is. Wow, you know he is Graceland. You know, I mean, people could say whatever they want, but he he is Graceland. I mean, you think Graceland. He bought it for his mother, Gladys, and uh, after she passed away in 58, and Vernon stayed till 79 when he passed away, and then Grandma Minnie was there as well, and she was the last to go. Um, so, you know, yeah, that the entire, then, you know, people never talk about it. He has four grandchildren. Four grandchildren this guy has. Four Indeed. grandchildren. Indeed. So, yeah, his legacy continues. His spirit is, you just need to, you know, to tune in to the spiritual um, realm to feel all the wonderful souls there that help to guide us. And um, Elvis had a very open mind, loved to learn, was so much more constant, so much more focused on being in person. He was much more focused on being interested in you and what you had to share rather than being focused on trying to be interesting. When he was on stage, he was one being, and that was all about pleasing and entertaining and pouring his guts out to you when he was on stage. Mm. When he was with women, he was a very different being. He was very much a little boy and loving and spiritual and very precious. When he was with the boys, he was um, more of a prankster, you know, and fun and athletic and goofy and generous so he he had to me elvis is like a beautifully cut diamond there were so many facets but we've zeroed in only on a few of the facets of his life and i was blessed to spend time with him so that i learned quite a few of those facets 
And it's just it's just my honor to share a little bit of it. And what a sweet, precious, wonderful, gorgeous, gorgeous, so much more handsome in person with the sapphire blue eyes. Oh, I'm just looking at his pictures. I mean, this guy was like, it just doesn't make any sense how good looking this guy is. I'm like, oh, my God. Seriously, I remember. Yeah. I was going to tell you was Tony Curtis. So his natural sort of sandy brown hair was dyed to the blue-black color. But because um, he just oh. he loved that Tony Curtis look, and he and Tony Curtis ultimately became friends. And um, you know, we all kind of, for our public persona, recreate us and stand on the shoulders of those that have come before us who have influenced us in such a great way. And you know, my my own idols um, influenced me. So like Ursula Andress and. People like that influenced my look in the '60s, and Elvis's look mm-hmm. was influenced by Tony Curtis. You do have a you do have an Ursula look a little bit. You you do you, you, very, very again gorgeous women. Just you know, you were considered what they would consider you know beautiful, like the epitome of what beautiful is. You know, you I, that's just a fact. I mean, you can go through magazine after magazine around your you know from the '60s and just. You know, those those women were, in fact, beautiful. It's just, it's not, you know, were, in fact, you know, the women that look like you, the women that look like Priscilla, the women that look like Ursula, the women that look like Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek. Speaking of Star Trek, how, what, what was it like working with William Shatner and Nichelle and, you know, it, that must have been just amazing for you, uh, Celeste. Well, I consider them both dear friends. I absolutely adore Nichelle and just have the pleasure of, the pleasure of seeing her at our 50th Star Trek reunion, the creation convention at the Rio in Vegas. And Michelle looked just beautiful. Unfortunately, we were both in our little wheelchairs because I'm um, waiting for my hip replacement. And we sort of passed each other in our wheelchairs and had like a little wheelchair-to-wheelchair hug. And I love it. And I, I can walk a little bit, but not for very long because the right hip is so bad that it hurts my lower back. But I did get to see Michelle there. And um, I didn't get to see Bill Shatner this trip, but I had just gotten to see Bill and exchange a big hug with him in Bellaria, Italy, for the 50th Star Trek anniversary. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm just getting over a little cold from getting off the plane from Memphis. But, um, yes, we were at the Bellaria Stickon, StarCon convention, um, for Star Trek there, and that was amazing. And before that, I had been in Germany for an Elvis event. My husband and I went to um, Bayreuth for a wonderful Elvis concert with a darling Elvis tribute artist whose name is Mark Summers, and that was a, just a glorious event. So we've, since um, coming out of the hospital uh, over the Christmas holidays, with a little minor surgery scare then, which was just as the year turned to 2016. Fortunately, in March, I got to go to Germany. In um, May, I got to go to Italy. And then in July, uh, or in August, I got to go to Vegas and then Memphis. And um, that's just so exciting that, you know, to have this second chance at life and be able to see everyone and, um, wow, you get around. You definitely get around to 
you know, to, to traveling. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's wonderful what you're able Bill to Bradner do. Bill Bradner is just amazing. He's one of the funniest, most talented people I've ever met. He's adorable. I love his wife, Liz. And it was amazing to see him again. And um, uh, I just, you know, I just cherish every day of life on this uh, on this reprieve that I've been given. Mm. Can you can you tell us a little bit about how you got started, and then we definitely want to hear about your art that you have going on. You said, you know, I grew up watching, you know, Ozzy and Harriet. I was a big fan, like, of, of course, of, you know, when you look at guys like Elvis and Ricky Nelson, I mean, seriously, like, you're talking about beautiful men walking around, right? So, oh, you know, you, <laughs> seriously. There's a, there's a cute story there. I was um, fresh out of high school, um, 18 years old, I believe. And I it was I had been modeling uh, my last year in high school, and my agent sent me on a commercial audition. And I I took the bus. I didn't have a car. I took the bus, and I had to you know how when you fix up cute for an audition, you're wearing something cute, you're wearing high heels, your makeup is pretty, and then you have to walk, and it's hot, and you oh my hair is going to droop. But fortunately, I remembered a shortcut through this big um, movie studio called General Service Studios. And I knew the gate guard there, and he let me take a shortcut through the studio to get to my commercial audition, which was in a building on the other side of the studio. And as I walked onto the set, thinking I looked cute, you know, um, Ricky Nelson was out throwing spirals with the football with his best friend, whose name was Charlie Britt, who played for the L.A. Rams. And I'm wearing kind of a cute skirt and high heels, and it's a lime green color that's very outstanding. And I had dark hair at the time. And people started coming out and whistling and carrying on like crazy. And I I had to kind of look around. Are they really looking at me? And then I see that they are looking at me. And I think, oh, my gosh, what have I done? I'm, like, stopping traffic and causing this mess. And Ozzy Nelson came out of the bungalow, and he saw me, and he goes, young lady, what is your name? And I said, oh, hi, my name is Celeste Yarnell. He goes, well, come in here. I want to meet you and, and talk to you. Anybody that can stop traffic on this at this studio deserves to be on our show. And I almost had a heart attack. So I quickly clop in my little high heels up the steps to the bungalow, and um, Rick and Charlie are laughing outside. And... Um, lo and behold, they did give me a part on the Ozzy and Harriet show, and that helped. That got me into the Screen Actors Guild. And then when I left there, I went on to my commercial audition, and I booked the print ad and the TV commercial, and that got me into the then after American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. And those are the two biggest hurdles that any young actor has is to get into the unions. So I did my little part on Ozzy and Harriet, and um, ultimately my very first date was with that football player, Charlie Britt, and we double-dated with Rick and his then-girlfriend, who later became his wife, Kristen Harmon Nelson. And that was my, my, first, my first date. I think we went to, I don't know, Hamburger Hamlet or something. And, it, you know, at first it, it's kind of scary because these are famous people, but when famous people are just so super nice and down to earth, they're just real people. So, um, yes, both of them were absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, it was a beautiful, innocent, wonderful first date. And, um, 
I had stayed friends for many years with Chris. We've lost touch with each other now. But, uh, yeah, that that was my big break, was being discovered walking across general service sound stage area uh, by Ozzie Nelson himself. And I met the whole family, wow. and they were darling. Oh, that was an amazing family, the whole, all of them, Ozzie, Harriet, you know, the two boys, uh, the Olsen, they, they got the, you know, uh, um, Ricky has the twins. I remember when Ricky passed away in 85. I remember I was in junior high school in the air hearing about the airplane. I remember saying, myself, God, you can't even get through the 80s and the 70s without these people leaving. This is unbelievable. Of course, I was a teenager, but it was like, wow. I mean, I remember just how, again, having the biggest crush on, you know, Elvis and him. I mean, they kind of even kind of, they, you know, had a little similar look. I won't say favor because, you know, it's hard to favor Elvis. But you know what I mean. They had a similar yeah. look with the big blue eyes and the dark hair and the singing. And, <laughs> and that's like, okay. kind of look. But you, you just said a key word. You just said unbelievable. And I can't leave you without mentioning the new film that's unbelievable, the movie, unbelievablethemovie.com, is premiering September 7th. And um, I helped to bring in some financing for the movie, so I'm listed as a co-executive producer. Um, Michelle will have a producer credit. There's 40 Star Trek actors, including Michelle, reunited in this movie called Unbelievable, and again, premiere is September 7th, so we're so excited. There's just, I could go on and on and mention the names, Barbara Luna, Michael Dante, Michael Forrest. Um, I could just go on for days and mention wow. Chase Masterson, Robert Picardo, Tim Russ. Um, if you if you Google "unbelievable" the movie, you'll see the whole cast and all forty of us. And um, I'm really really excited about that. And that's the second movie that I've gotten a in this case a co-executive producer title, but the movie that my husband and I helped also to produce and bring in some financing I'm also very proud of. This was all before I, I got the cancer diagnosis, that the documentary, the award-winning documentary that we're part of is called FEM, the French word for women, FEM, Women Healing the World. And that's executive produced by Sharon Stone, directed by Emmanuel mm-hmm. Etier, and um, Mar- Marianne Williamson. There's almost a 100 of us, women of some note, from all over the world who are talking about how to come together in partnership with the gender of your choice to help heal the world. And it's just a brilliant film. And from that film, as we go into talking about the art, my husband, my talented love of my life, brilliant, wonderful husband from London, whose name is Nazim Artist, is his professional name, um, did this magnificent painting called Femme, Women Healing the World. And it's become very prominent online. You'll, you might recognize it when you see it. But we've taken this painting and many of Nazim's paintings and translated them. I, I do the design work. We have two websites. We have the Celeste Arnell wearable art and the Nazim artist wearable art. Using our photographic art and Nazim's paintings, translating them to beautiful designer scarves, tops, tees, tote bags, kimono-style sheer wraps um, in wonderful, luscious fabrics. And um, the pieces are either signed by myself or by Nazim. And I'm having so much fun, so much fun. 
especially not being able to walk or exercise much while I wait for the new hip. I, I'm having so much fun designing these beautiful scarves. And I did a blog on my celestialmusingsblog.com because the very first piece just came in the mail, and it's a detail of one of Nazim's beautiful butterfly paintings from a series called the Butterfly Nebula. And if you look at that blog, you'll see me um, with my hair growing back, my new cute little bob. You look my so natural cute. Color, so cute. Is, I just let my natural color grow in, which is not silver. It's, it's really platinum. Everybody, my hairdresser including, says I have to call this platinum. And so I'm, there's a picture of Nazim and myself, and I'm wearing the new scarf. I'm just tickled to pieces that... Um, we're getting, uh, people are, are excited about it, and each piece is custom made. As I said, each piece is signed by other one of us, and they take four to six weeks to come to you because each piece is being custom made per order. So this is the perfect time to have a yeah. piece of our designer wearable art to be ready for the holidays and to enjoy in the meantime. And you'll even see there's like a little a little homage where someone might just look a little bit like Elvis and me or might just look a little bit like it's from Star Trek without, you know, treading on any um, copyright. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband's work isn't – he's not the kind of an artist that does, like, identical portraits. We feel if you want an identical portrait, go to a photographer. So instead, what my husband does comes straight out of his heart. And so there, there is um, likenesses, but it's truly creative. He has a look and a style all his own. He's a brilliant painter. So I'd be honored if everybody took a look at NazimArtist.com. Yeah, how can we purchase your stuff? And wrapping up, how can we purchase your art and, and become a part of your world in, in that aspect? Well, the art, my husband's art is on his website, and we do – What's um, his website? His website is nazimartist.com, but our wearable art is at shopvita.com forward slash collections forward slash voices and then forward slash either nazim-artist or celeste-yarnell. And um, that way you can see how I've translated the paintings. Uh, into the wearable art, and we'd just be thrilled if you get a piece to take a picture and send it to us. Be our be our model. <laughs> we would love that. We would love that. Wow, you've done so many amazing things, Celeste. I mean, this is just a taste of what you've done um, and who you are. And you know, we just can't wait to you know talk more if we have another opportunity to interview you. And share, you know, share with the world the amazing things that you're doing. And we just want to really thank you for interviewing with us today. This has been an amazing, wonderful time we've spent together. Oh, my pleasure. And you can just get a little recap at either celestialmusingsblog.com and or theartofwellnesscollection.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on all over Facebook. Um, we have the Celeste wearable art page and the Nazim Artist wearable art page on Facebook. I love to stay in touch with everybody and make new friends and see how I can 
be of value on a one-on-one basis to everyone I meet. Well, thank you so much for interviewing with us today. We can't wait to put this up in the Huffington Post and share this all across the, our podcast and our radio little radio shows across the, the World Wide Web. And we're just so grateful to you. And we look forward to featuring you again and, and, and sharing more information and hearing more about your journey to stardom because you are really what you call a star. You're a star. And there's just no way around even putting that. You're a star and you're, 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 you look like a million bucks and more. I mean, seriously. So, I mean, you know, I'm just really grateful and blessed to have had the opportunity to talk to you. And I look forward to doing that again soon. Well, hey, we're family now. We have to do it again soon. Yes, we are family. I'm so happy to hear and to know and to meet you. And I look forward to having the opportunity to sit and talk with you in person soon one day. That would be wonderful because we're both here in Los Angeles. So we should, we should, as they say, do lunch. I would love to do lunch. Anytime you let me know and, and we can make it happen. That sounds fantastic. I'll come to you. Love it. I would, too. I would, too. I want to hear all the stories and stuff you can't get secondhand. You just want to hear the stuff firsthand, and I can't wait to hear it all. Oh, bless your heart, and blessings to everyone. My love to all of you, and uh, I just consider all of your listeners our extended family as well. Thank you so much, Celeste. God bless you, and we look forward to talking to you again real soon. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.